1: Welcome into another edition of the Rival Insiders here on KSLSports.com. I'm your BYU insider, Mitch Harper. Joined as always every Tuesday at noon. A little bit later today. It's okay. Hey, got to be flexible. Uh, Utah insider, Michelle Bodkin. Uh, You can follow her on Twitter at BodkinKSLSports. Follow me at Mitch underscore Harper. And follow all the KSL Sports social media feeds Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. TikTok, Instagram, we are everywhere. Uh, KSL Sports is taking over the world, as we like to say. Uh, So, we've got a lot to get to. Week 4 recap, uh, Week 5, interesting slate of games, and then, of course, our Week 5 college football picks. Utah last week had a dominating win over Arizona State. BYU uh, took care of business against Wyoming. But it feels like with these two teams right now, Michelle big storyline is injuries and Brant Keithy out for the season for Utah coach Kyle Whittingham announced that where does Utah go moving forward without Keithy on the team uh, this season
0: yeah it's it's a great question you know I I feel like Utah's depth is good enough to handle that. There there was a point in the Pac-12 early on that, you know, losing a guy like Keithy pretty much would have probably meant the season's over. I think they have some guys that can step up and, and kind of help fill those shoes. Uh, it's probably going to take more than one guy because, uh, you know, Keithy was just so, so, so good. But, uh, you know, they, they really like Thomas Yasmin and holy cow, his – his one catch in that ASU game, he took guys for a ride for 72 yards, which was just insane. So I, I think there's a lot of promise there. He's big. He's athletic as well. Uh, you know, again, got to give him a little bit of time to adjust and, and get his feet wet. But I think he's someone that can kind of step up big time. I also think you could potentially see Makai Bernard, you know, running a little bit more through the center of the field, picking up some of those reps. He's very quick. He has great vision, good hands, uh, kind of aggressive uh at at the end of plays. He's not afraid to throw a hit. Yes, he's a, a running back, I would say wide receiver hybrid, but you know, he can kind of fill that that cubby role and maybe do a few things that Brent Keithy does as well. And then who I mean who know who knows who else you, you know maybe steps up and, and takes some carries. Maybe they look at Jaquindon Jackson, I I don't know how good his hands are. I don't know if that's something that they've tested or looked into. Uh, But, I mean, he has nice size and athleticism as well that maybe you can do some things with him. And maybe it's down the road. Maybe you let him kind of warm up to the running back situation. But I I think there's guys that they can use to kind of help fill that role. Again, I don't think it's going to be a single person. Uh, Keithy's just a very special player. And, you know, they're, we're just going to see how good their depth really is.
1: Do you think it alters the outlook of Utah repeating potentially as Pac-12 champs? I mean, USC uh, is a huge threat. They escaped with a win in Corvallis, which is always a tricky spot for the Trojans in the past. But uh, do you, what do you think this does for Utah's chances of repeating in the Pac-12?
0: I, I don't know that the one injury is enough to derail everything. Now, if we start seeing injuries stacking up, uh, you know, a, a situation like last year, I I honestly don't know how they managed to pull this off, but where, you know, you pretty much have your entire cornerback room sitting on the bench because they're all hurt. I You know, you start getting into territory like that, I think that's when – you get concerned about Utah. I think Utah has enough there that they can they can carry on without Keithy. Uh, I again, there there might be some ugliness at least to start until guys get their feet wet. But I think Utah can manage this situation.
1: It'll be interesting to see what uh, happens going forward too with uh, with him because I know he, he dabbled with the NFL process potentially uh, comes back had high aspirations to uh, get Utah beyond the Rose Bowl. Uh, this season and uh, to see that uh, end prematurely, uh, definitely unfortunate. Does he have a redshirt year available? Could he come back next season?
0: He does have a redshirt available to him. I'm sure it's going to depend very much so on how long the recovery process is. If it's a quick recovery process and he feels like he gets a good grade back based off of the body of work, and and I think there's probably going to be some projection there as well, uh, then he may still go ahead and go. Uh, if if the grade does not come back good enough, or if the recovery process is longer, you know he has the option to come back and try it one more time. It's not ideal, but it is better to have options than not have options in that situation.
1: Utah rolled through Arizona State uh, blowout victory over the Sun Devils. The Sun Devils are a downright mess. You saw that firsthand in Tempe. BYU kind of a pedestrian effort. Offense came alive in the second half. Uh, against Wyoming, a decent opponent, but still probably you know a six and six, seven and five team in a really bad Mountain West conference. Injuries were a storyline for BYU too. Puka Nakua left the game uh, once again. Uh, another injury for Puka Nakua. is it the hamstring? Who knows? Uh, uh, you know, Kalani did not. When I asked him about, is it an knee, Kalani? Is it an ankle again? Kalani's like, I'm not a I'm not a doctor. Uh, you know, so I'm like. <laughs> He said in the past he's not a weatherman, he's not a he's not a doctor. Uh, you know, Kalani it, we gotta ask though, we gotta ask the questions on these injuries. And uh, the good news is for BYU is that they are getting some players back. Uh, Gunnar Romney, it's it's fascinating too, in this era of let's be secretive about the injuries, because that's <laughs> what these teams apparently have to do. My always argument is uh, hopefully these conferences come to their senses and realizes realize there's a lot of money that can be had in the gambling space. Uh, why don't you just align with a gambling entity and just have a uniformed uh, injury report like the pros do? I mean, this is an era of the NIL where you can do that. But I, I digress. You want to keep doing it the way they do? That's fine. But you get these leaks too from like family members on mm-hmm. on social media. Uh, you know, one one uh, players. Mother uh, quote tweeted me and and shared the details of a player's uh, injury. And then another mom is talking about it on Instagram stories. And you're just like, ah, maybe I just need to go to these mothers uh, for the actual uh, injury tidbits. But BYU gets back Gunnar Romney this week. So even with on a short week, they'll be facing Utah State this Thursday. Gunnar Romney's back. Earl Tuyoti Mariner is expected back. Gabe Summers. Who was dealing with the PCL? Then Max Tooley, probably the best defensive player BYU's had this season. He's back after a kind of a precautionary ankle injury. He was kept out last week. Uh, you know, BYU they got the Aggies in an in-state game. We haven't talked much Utah State this year because. Well, quite frankly, Utah State's been pretty bad. Uh, down, They've been down bad, as they the kids would say. Uh, BYU and the Aggies for the old battle for the old wagon wheel, 6 o'clock kick uh, on Thursday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. What are your thoughts on BYU and the Aggies for maybe the last time ever?
0: Yeah, uh, that's a crazy thought. Uh I, I honestly, I think BYU should probably handle them very well. The, the one thing that's a little bit is it is a rivalry game. And even the most terrible teams, I mean, we've seen How many times have we seen this with Utah and BYU where one really is kind of better than the other. And, and obviously so. And yet the game ends up being closer or the one you don't expect to win wins. Uh, I, I still am confident. I think BYU's got this one. Uh, and especially having guys coming back from injury, uh, that has to be a huge confidence booster. I don't know what Utah State has to hang their hat off of as far as you know boosting their confidence at this point. they're they're just a mess. They're not good. Uh, but I, I don't know. maybe they maybe they can dig a little bit deep and, and find some of that rivalry fire, fire and and bring it to the game, but I just I think they're gonna get
1: outmatched. Yeah, I, I think BYU wins comfortably. I think this will be a uh, a blowout win for BYU. I just think this is a a difficult spot. I'm surprised how uh, quick it's turned for Utah State from Mountain mm-hmm. West champion a year ago to now a team that their lone win is barely beating UConn. Uh, very surprising uh, to see the the turn of events. Uh, for Utah State, their quarterback situation is not great. I think a lot of people in the Cache Valley want to see Lega, who won that L.A. Bowl last year. Uh, I'm with them. I think that if they had Lega in there at quarterback, uh, he might give them a, a spark of life. But it seems like uh, Anders, Coach Anderson is rolling with uh, Logan Bonner uh, through thick or thin. I'm curious, though, like I said, this could be the last game between BYU and Utah State for a while. Utah, when they went to the Pac-12, the last time they played the Aggies, I believe, was 2012 up in, up in Logan, uh, a game that Utah uh, lost that last time. Do you think BYU and Utah are just forever done playing the Aggies for their foreseeable future and they'll never play them again?
0: I don't know. I I mean, I hope occasionally, you know, they'll... they'll bring that game back uh, when it fits and it makes sense. I I think BYU is kind of learning, you know, the position that Utah has been in for a long time. And that's, you have this set schedule with your conference and it really does kind of narrow down what and what you can do with your in-state rivals. And especially when nobody's in the same conference anymore. Uh, it just, it makes it really difficult. It makes it really hard. It makes it so that you kind of have to balance when some of these other opportunities come along. You know, Utah's had opportunities with Michigan and Florida. How many, how many tough games do you want to play to open up a season? It's, it's all stuff that has to be weighed. And, and these rivalry games, you know, again, regardless of what you kind of think about these teams going in, whether you think there's a clear cut, this person's going to win or this person's going to win or this team's awful. Everybody always tends to show their best in the in rivalry games usually. There's been a couple of occasions where that's not been the case, but for the most part, you know, you get people's best efforts. They want to win that game. It means a lot. There's some emotional attachment there. You don't want to be the lo- on the losing end of that game. So I, I like. I understand Utah's position. I understand BYU's new position. It's it's hard. It's hard to kind of judge what it is you want to do with that. But again, I hope there's instances where you know it does make sense. There is the space, and they make the time for it.
1: I think it's just a, a tricky spot with uh, Utah State. I mean, you just don't see Power Five teams roll into stadiums that hold less than 30,000 fans. Uh, That's just Mm -hmm. not common operating procedure. And, uh, you know, the Aggies, they're in a spot where they don't want to just play a bunch of one-off games on the road. They want some return visit, and rightfully so. There's history with BYU and Utah. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe down the road, BYU gets Utah State back on the schedule. I hope that we see in college football, with the 12 team playoff that this becomes now a sport where you ditch the FCS game and start playing in the third game or, you know, third on conference game, say Utah state. I know, you know, because then even if you lose that Utah state game, you go into your conference and you win your conference title, you're going to be playing for, you know, in the college football playoff. You're not going to be, uh, doomed to play uh, Utah State. Because that's, that's why I think the 12-team playoff is such a great thing. People talk you know, that the, the regular season is now ruined in college football. I think the regular season college football is at its absolute worst right now because you already have a bunch of teams that feel like their season's lost. They're already firing coaches. They're done with the season. Uh, you would still have something to play for if the 12-team playoff was in place. I know the whole financial structure of – You want to help the FCS and the ecosystem of football. But to me, get rid of the FCS game. I'd rather see a BYU-Utah State, a Utah-Utah State game. It's just better for the fans. It's better from a content perspective. No one wants those FCS games anymore. That's what I would like to see. But, yeah, I think BYU circling back to Thursday night, they're going to win big. Uh, And uh, we'll see when uh, BYU and the Aggies lock it up again uh, for a future meeting for the battle for the old wagon wheel, Utah is in the thick of conference play after going one and zero with a win over Arizona State, as we touched on. Uh, number twelve Utah takes on Oregon State a high noon kick on the Pac twelve Network. Utah favored by ten and a half on Saturday. Uh, what are you expecting from this matchup? This Oregon State team is is pretty pretty tough with Jonathan Smith.
0: Yeah, no, uh, these guys are playing some of their best football that they've played in years, uh, and from from. A complete like outsider perspective. Like I'm happy to see that. Uh, I some of these smaller schools that are in tougher positions to have winning records. I love seeing them succeed, and so seeing Jonathan Jonathan Smith breathe some life into Oregon State is really fun, uh, and I think it's good for football. But as far as this Utah game goes, it's for me it's tough to say how this one's going to go. Because there's a few things at play here that I think make this more interesting than maybe it seems on the surface. For starts, you do have, you know, Oregon State's a plucky team, like they just are. And they proved it last year. They knocked Utah off. They beat them. Uh, Granted, that was up in Corvallis, uh, which kind of brings the next point. Oregon State's been fabulous at home they've struggled a little bit on the road. So, you know, is, is that gonna be a factor or have they kind of worked their way through that and figured that out and they're gonna perform a little bit better on the road this go around? Then on Utah's end of it, you have, again, maybe a little bit of a revenge factor. You don't like that you lost this game last year. And so you want to come in and prove a point. And I, it's just, it's one of those things, but then you have Oregon State You know, on the other hand, again, last week you took USC to the wire. Uh, You kind of proved that you can hang with them. So are you going to want to try and finish the job this week against Utah? I think this is going to be a really tough fought game. Utah could pull ahead. I don't know that they do. I think Oregon State's going to stick around. Uh, If this was a night game, I might feel a little bit differently But I do feel like it being a day game neutralizes the home field advantage a little bit for Utah. Uh, So I don't know. I don't know how much Oregon State's really going to be affected uh, in in that sense. Uh, I I think it's probably going to be another close game. That's kind of my feeling. I think it's probably going to be. And, and it might be that Utah pulled away a little bit, but it's going to be, you know, they're ahead by 10 or, or something like that. Like, it's it's enough, but it's not like a blowout.
1: Yeah, do you feel like, I mean, it feels like this is far and away the toughest test since Florida. I mean, because I, I just feel like since that Florida game, I I don't know if Utah's really been tested much.
0: Yeah, I I. I, I I think based off of the way things look now, yes, this does look like probably the toughest test that Utah will face. Uh, this is kind of the first team with a real pulse that, that they're going to be facing and, and kind of seeing where, where they stand. Uh, I, I think there was some hope that it could be ASU and that just was not really the case. Uh, I think they're going to get a better fight from Oregon state this week
1: for sure. Yeah. Oregon state's interesting. I, I would I'd pick Utah to, to win, but yeah, it's it's a hard line. I mean, 10.5 mm-hmm. is, uh, it's, it's, cause I, yeah, you're right. I think I could see this maybe being a one possession game, but I don't know. Like, I, I feel like with, with Utah, uh, at home, I just would always, I, I can't picture them dropping a game to, to the Oregon State still, but, you know, Jonathan Smith's done a great job with the, uh, uh, the infrastructure of that program, he just seems like a great fit of Oregon State. Uh, Mo Diabate though could come back. It sounded like with uh, uh, Kyle Whittingham's press conference this week, which would be a huge boost the linebacking room. Uh, having Clark Phillips back was huge last week, so I-, I would still go with Utah. I think they slightly cover, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a good test. This is a this, this three week stretch: Oregon State, UCLA, USC. This is going to define Utah's season.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. That uh, this is probably going to be the toughest stretch. Uh, and and honestly, let's add Washington State into that. Yep. Washington State's been playing some great football. Utah's going to have to travel on the road on a Thursday to to the Palouse, and we all know wild things happen on a Thursday mm-hmm. night in Washington State. So uh, it's it, October is going to be a tough month. I think for them, and then it should even out, mellow out a little bit come November.
1: Yeah, I think the overall Pac-12 is is much better this year. Uh, I think that it's you know it's interesting the Pac-12 and Big 12, the leagues that have been kind of act looked at as their afterthoughts now. I think they've put out some of the best top to bottom products so far this year. Colorado being the the lone exception, Colorado, Colorado is just horrendous. They are so bad. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, I think that both the leagues have been really good, uh, in the PAC 12. I think this could be a shape up to be a pretty good year for the PAC. Let's go to our week five picks though, because there are some good, uh, PAC 12 games on the slate that we got to get to. And also some big 12 games too, uh, last week, both of us seven and one on our picks. So a very good week for both of us. And let's get into, and you still hold the lead four games on me. Got to make up some ground here, so hopefully I can pull uh, close the gap a little bit. Let's start off with a Friday night game at the Rose Bowl. There's going to probably be three thousand fans there. They're selling tickets at Costco. They've in an era of inflation, UCLA is bucking the trend and decreasing prices. They're trying to give them away to UCLA fans. Two undefeated teams, Washington UCLA, on a Friday night. How do you see this one playing out?
0: Uh, I'm kind of leaning towards Washington. I, mm. I think Washington's another team. It looks like they're pretty good. Uh, and I don't know that anyone necessarily expected them. I think there was hope that they would be better this year. I I don't know that anybody really envisioned them like knocking off Michigan State. And I forget some of the other ones that kind of, I, I mean, were kind of a big deal for them uh, and they've looked really good. But, uh, UCLA, I still, I'm not totally buying them still. I, and I don't know what it is. And maybe it it's partly the fact that their fans don't show up and they're having to sell tickets at Costco. Uh, but I, there's something just a little bit off about UCLA. I think I'm a little more bought in on, on Washington.
1: I am going to go UCLA. I, I'm going to go with the Bruins. I, I, one, i to got to close the gap. But two, I'm going to say... <laughs> You know, I don't think there's going to be any home-field advantage, clearly, but because uh, yeah. it seems like that fan base is totally sour on Chip Kelly. But uh, I will say UCLA. I think there's there's going to be one slip-up uh, for Kalen DeBoer uh, in his first year, and all the good times are rolling right now for Washington. Friday night, I'll go with UCLA, and I still like the quarterback play. I know Penix has been playing great for Washington, but I'll still go with DTR and UCLA to get it done. Michigan at Iowa, ten A. M. on Saturday, Michigan in the top four. They've played no one. Uh their their non conference was horrendous. They got a little bit of a test last week uh, in a win over Maryland. Uh, Iowa, bad offense, horrific offense. But can Iowa pull the upset? What do you think?
0: I kind of I kind of want to pick Iowa on this one. I think this game could get really ugly, and if it gets really ugly, then I like Iowa yep. in it. Uh, let's roll the dice. Let's let's go with Iowa. On okay. this one. I think there's maybe an upset.
1: I you know what I I was honestly thinking this one because I could see this being six to four and Iowa winning it because their defense is incredible, and I don't think Michigan has been tested at all. I will say Michigan though, uh, go with them, but. Yeah, I mean, you you get into Iowa City. That's that's a tough spot. I, I think that could be that's going to be a good game. Number seven Kentucky at number fourteen Ole Miss. Last time, this is how weird the SEC is. Last time Kentucky was in Oxford, two thousand ten, and they're in the same conference. How does that happen? Uh, very unusual. Uh, that's the the scheduling in the SEC is so ridiculous. Uh, but Jackson Dart doing a nice job for Ole Miss. Former corner, Canyon standout. Uh, playing quite well, former USC guy, uh, Kentucky, Ole Miss. What do you got?
0: I kind of, I'm liking Kentucky right now. Uh, I'll stick with Kentucky.
1: Uh, I'm going to go Ole Miss. I'm going to ride uh, Jackson Dart and uh, the Lane Train in the Grove. It's one of those places that uh, was one of my favorite spots I've ever been to in my college football travels. Uh, the Grove is a top-notch experience. I'm hoping, hoping BYU keeps them on the future schedules, even when they're in the Big 12 Conference, because that is just uh, an amazing experience. But I I love Ole Miss's offense with Jackson Dart, and I just think at some point Kentucky is due to slip up, but um, this should be a really good football game. Uh, So I'm going to go with... Hottie Toddy and Ole Miss. So we're we're differing on all these. This is a this is a make sure. or break this, week this for me.
0: How we even playing field. This,
1: this is how it's gonna be done. Uh, this
0: is how we close the talent gap.
1: <laughs> but I think that I will say I don't I don't think we're gonna disagree here. Maybe we could, maybe if we want to get crazy. Number two, Alabama at number twenty, Arkansas. Roll tide, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, listen, I've been on the record. I don't think Alabama's quite the juggernaut that they've typically been. I kind of – and here's the thing. They're still really good. They are still a really good football team. I don't I, – I just don't think they're quite the way that we revered them to be a few years back. Yeah. A lot of other people still believe that they are that same team. I have questions about that. I do not think Arkansas is the one to test that, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Arkansas, the way they lost last week, that field goal hits the top of the uprights. I've never seen that before. Never Fair seen it. All. It was I know it was the NFL goalpost at Jerry's World, but uh that was still bizarre. They blew a 14 0 lead. Uh tricky spot too. I mean, Arkansas, they got a few weeks coming up. Uh, they'll be in Provo. Uh if somehow they pulled off the upset, it'd be it'd be remarkable. But uh yeah, I'm gonna go with Nick Saban and the tide. Number nine, Oklahoma State. Goes to the banks of the Brazos to go to to play number sixteen Baylor, another great spot on the college football travels in Waco, Magnolia. I'm going with Baylor here. I'm riding the Bears. I think this that win last week was a character builder in Ames at Iowa State. I think they take down Iowa, or Oklahoma State again. Big Twelve championship rematch. Who do you got?
0: Yeah, i I think I think I'm going to go with Baylor as well. Uh, I really like Oklahoma State, but but I think Baylor's maybe found some confidence again,
1: Yeah, I, I like them at home. I think so, too. I, they, they're really tough at home, and I think that you're right. Uh, I think in that breakthrough win at Iowa State, Blake Shapin still throwing about a 70% clip on his passes, really good quarterback. I think people got a little bit too rough on him. After that performance against BYU, he's going to do a nice job for the Bears. Finally, our last game. Kind of a light schedule, honestly, in the college football. Like great game slate mix. Uh, number ten NC State at number five Clemson. College game day is going to be there at this one. Uh, Clemson. I, I, this is a hard game to pick because I feel like when you talk about maybe teams that aren't as as good as that, like the ranking would suggest or how everyone views them, I think that's Clemson. DJU. I am not sold on him at all. Uh, but I'm not sold on NC State, so I feel like in these moments, go with what you trust, what you typically see, and that's Clemson at Death Valley, probably a rain game, probably a night game, some storming the field. That's what i have known to see the last seven years. I'll go with Clemson.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think I'm a little more comfortable going with Clemson, but I also agree with you. I, I don't know that there is – Back as everybody keeps saying that they
1: are their their defense is incredible, but I just still uh, do not trust their uh their their quarterback situation they got that right I feel like they should go with the freshman uh I, I'm drawing a blank on his name number two he looked awesome in that week one Labor Day night game uh, against Georgia Tech i I would roll with him personally, but uh, they keep going with DJU and hey it's working they're still in the top five and uh, control their destiny moving forward. Um, as far as the college football playoff, but that's our picks, and that's our show this week. Rival insiders, as we're getting messages here on Microsoft Teams now, so that means we got to go. We got to go, right? go, <laughs> go do our job. Right? We got to go do. Angry over here. We got to go do our our daily jobs here. So follow Michelle at Bodkin KSL Sports. Follow me at Mitch underscore Harper, and we will talk to you next Tuesday, uh, recapping. This week, and then looking ahead to a bunch of big games Utah UCLA and PYU Notre Dame. The season is flying by. We're going to be at the midway point next week. We'll talk to you next time here on Rival Insiders. I'm
2: Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold.